We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world, with all its power and might, steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, I'm going to discuss Senator Raphael Warnock's recent tweet that said this, The meaning of Easter is more transcendent than the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Whether you are a Christian or not, through a commitment to helping others, we are able to save ourselves. Close quote. This is garbage. It's pure, unmitigated heresy. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Welcome to today's Rebellion. The singular topic for the day, Raphael Warnock. Senator Raphael Warnock. The good reverend Raphael Warnock. The sitting pastor of Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta, Georgia. Yes, Dr. Martin Luther King's former church. The Reverend King previously held that pulpit and it is now held by Raphael Warnock. Who tweeted this on Easter? The meaning of Easter is more transcendent than the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Whether you are a Christian or not, through a commitment to helping others, we are able to save ourselves. Close quote. Folks, this is unmitigated heresy. This is pure, undisguised neo-Marxism. This is salvation by works. This is the call for a utopian government. That's why Raphael Warnock holds the politics he holds. It's because his worldview, his religious worldview, is antithetical to the gospel of Jesus Christ. But yet, he carries the title Reverend Raphael Warnock. That's what I want to talk to you about today. We're going to talk about how the Bible response to people like this. And Warnock is not standing alone. Don Lemon was essentially saying the exact same thing. In my commentary on Don Lemon, which I shared with you yesterday, I described a man who believes that Christian teaching, 2,000 years of Christian orthodoxy, the Bible itself, the apostles' teachings, Peter, Paul, Jude and John, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and Jesus himself need to be re-examined. These teachings need to be re-examined because what the church has been saying for 2,000 years is wrong. That's Don Lemon. Now, what fuels Don Lemon's worldview is his belief that God is not about judging sin. And the reason Don Lemon believes that, quite frankly, in my view, Don Lemon doesn't believe he's a sinner. He believes he's a good man. And I'm here to tell you right now, Don Lemon is not a good man, and neither are you and neither am I. 
For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It can't be any more clear than that. That's the gospel, and it is antithetical to what Don Lemon was saying. The creeds tell us, Jesus himself tells us, that he, Jesus Christ, the Alpha and the Omega, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Lion of Judah, the Lamb of God, the head of the church, will come at the end of days to do what? Judge the living and the dead. The living and the dead would be basically everyone. Anyone and everyone who has ever existed on planet Earth will be judged at the end of days by Jesus Christ himself. That's what he said. It's not what I say. That's what he said. And as my friend Abdu Murray is fond of saying, you can claim you don't believe in Jesus. You can claim you do believe in Jesus. But Abdu will then raise his hand as a former Muslim and say, I believe in Jesus. I believe the story of Jesus. I believe the history of Jesus. I believe that Jesus died and rose again. And I have a tendency of taking the words of those who have risen from the dead seriously. I want to attend to them. So today I want to talk to you about what the Bible says in response to these claims of Raphael Warnock. One more time, this is his tweet. The meaning of Easter is more transcendent than the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Just stop right there. What? are you talking about? Easter is about the resurrection of Jesus Christ exclusively. But he says the meaning of Easter is more transcendent than the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then he goes on and says, whether you are a Christian or not, through a commitment to helping others, we are able to save ourselves. Does that sound like the Bible passages that I just quoted to you? Or does it sound like the opposite? Let's take an early break, acknowledge our corporate sponsors, and when I get back, we're going to talk about a ton of Bible verses, but I'm going to give you a 60-second refresher course on Chuck Colson's worldview model, origins of man, nature of man, redemption of man, and responsibility of man. Remember that if you would like to subscribe to the Rebellion, you can do so by going to patreon.com backslash Dr. Everett Piper, patreon.com backslash D-R-E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R. I'm Dr. Piper. This is The Rebellion, and we will be right back in a couple minutes. So welcome back to The Rebellion. This tweet from Raphael Warnock exposes the woke church, the joke church, the apostate church, the church that will not withstand the gates of hell, but will go up in flames at the first ember. This is not the church of Jesus Christ. This is not the church that was founded with Jesus Christ as the cornerstone. This is a humanist church. This is a neo-Marxist church. This is not a church that is about Christ. This is a church that is anti-Christ. And yes, I choose those words intentionally. This is the antithesis of the gospel. This is the opposite of what Christianity teaches. 
This literally is anti-Christian and therefore anti-Christ. This is akin to what Don Lemon was saying last week. I just told you that. He said that the church need to re-examine its teachings about sin and judgment. And here comes Reverend Raphael Warnock essentially agreeing with him, saying that through a commitment to helping others, we can save ourselves. In other words, our sin does not separate us from God. Good works, good works, helping others is the solution to the problem. Not the atonement of Jesus Christ, not his sacrificial death, not the word made flesh and dwelling among us, not his virgin birth. All of that was for naught. All we needed to do all along was just be good people. Because we're really good people anyway. So just do a little bit more good stuff and all will be well. And God, if there is a God, will just give you a great big group hug at the end of days. That bit about the white throne judgment, that's just nonsense. In fact, that must be the product of white privilege. This is a woke church. This is not Christ's church. I've said over and over and over again, the Bible teaches and the creeds teach that Jesus will come to judge the living and the dead. He didn't die for us just to give us a big group hug. The atonement wasn't because God was willing to say, ah, ah, whatever, whatever, you tried hard. That's not the atonement. That makes a joke of Jesus' incarnation and his sacrifice. Chuck Colson's worldview model, origins, nature, redemption, and responsibility. Do you remember? We've talked about that. Origin of man. Are you the product of the primordial soup? Did you rise up out of the swamp? Are you nothing but an evolved amoeba? Or are you created uniquely and distinctly and exceptionally as the Omago Dei, the image of God, are you different from all the rest of creation? Are you different than a rock, a tree, a pig, a cat, a cow, a whale, or an owl? Are you different from all of those things? And for 4,000 years of human history, up until about the last five minutes, historically speaking, human beings felt that there was something. They recognized that there was something. They recognized that there was a supernatural that wisdom, knowledge, and morality, and truth was a revelation from outside of themselves, and that they uniquely within all of creation had the ability of understanding that revelation, of pursuing that truth. Even non-Christians understood that. Plato understood that. Aristotle understood that. Socrates understood that. I'm not saying they were Christians. I'm not saying that they had the full understanding of who Jesus Christ and redemption through him was or would be. But what I am saying is they understood that there was some sort of supernatural and that the human being was a reflection of that. That our origin was not just an evolved virus, amoeba, a swamp creature of some sort. No, we were distinct because we have moral awareness, moral understanding, moral culpability. We understand good and evil. And an amoeba doesn't. A crocodile doesn't. A goat doesn't. Animals don't, rocks don't, and trees don't. 
So what are what is the origin of man? The answer to that question sets up all the rest. And if you get the answer to that wrong, everything else is going to crumble thereafter. And Raphael Warnock gets that answer wrong. He doesn't understand and he doesn't embrace origins because he's a neuromarxist. And Marxism denies the uniqueness of the human being. Marxism denies objective morality. It's all about a class struggle. It's all about the victor. It's not about, about virtue. And the second question in Colson's model was nature. Origins of man and the nature of man. If you get the first question wrong, then the nature of man is going to follow. You're going to say that the nature of man can be good, that there is no such thing as evil, that this is just a social construct. Morality really has no enduring immutable standard or ruler or measuring rod or scale upon which we can decide what's good or bad. It's all just part of the collective understanding, a common agreement within different cultures and societies. That's Marxism. So the proletariat can rise up and overthrow the bourgeoisie and kill them, and that's a moral good because the proletariat was good and the bourgeoisie was bad. You get my point here? Blacks can rise up and overthrow whites because whites are bad and blacks are good. Whites can join the KKK and say that blacks are bad and whites are good. This is the nature of the class conflict. And Paul himself confronted that in the New Testament and said, we are neither Jew nor Greek. This stuff about division, racial division, is nonsense. We are all one in the body of Christ. We are all human beings. Our nature is that we were created by God. We are the imago Dei. We are the image of God, but we are fallen and broken because of sin, and we all need to be redeemed. There is no difference between Jew or Greek, black or white, male or female, Hispanic or Caucasian. There's no difference. Like Vodi Bakum has said, there's only one race in the Bible, the human race. Everything else is a lie. The answer to all of this is how do we redeem ourselves? Well, Warnock just told you how to redeem ourselves. Just be good. Help others. You can save yourself. Your redemption draweth nigh. Just look in the mirror. That's Warnock's message. That is the antithesis, the opposite 180 degrees different than what Jesus Christ himself told us. What the Apostle Paul told us. What Peter told us. What Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John told us. Warnock's view is nothing more than humanism. It is indistinguishable from Islam. Islam would say the exact same thing. Is he a Iman or is he a reverend? I don't know because his message could be embraced and would be embraced and would be celebrated by the nation of Islam and by Orthodox Islam. Just be good and get rid of the bad. More good people is the solution to the world's problems. And the way you have more good people is you eliminate the bad people. Karl Marx could have said the exact same thing as Warnock. All the Pharisees did say the exact same thing. Warnock's view is not Christian. 
and he exposes his neo-Marxism in, the, in, the, in, in just those two sentences. Well, let's just look at a smattering of what the Bible actually says about the nature of man, about our ability to save ourselves by just being good and helping people. Ecclesiastes, Solomon, author of Ecclesiastes, said this, see this alone, I found that God made man upright, but they all, they is an all-inclusive term, but they have sought out many schemes. Paul, in the epistle of Romans, says, but God shows his love for us is that while we were yet sinners, we were all sinners, Christ died for us. He also says in the epistle to the Romans that death spread to all men because all sinned. The psalmist says, no one living is righteous. Again in Romans, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. For all have sinned, not some, not just whites, not just blacks, not just Hispanics, not just men. It's not toxic masculinity, folks. Our problems aren't going to be solved if we can just get rid of the bad folks and have more of the good folks. If we just start helping one another, we can save ourselves. No, 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 no. The Apostle Paul tells us in Romans, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The book of Chronicles tells us there is no one who does not sin. Isaiah told us all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. The prophet Micah said the godly has perished from the earth and there is no one upright among mankind. He went on to elaborate. He said, their hands are on what is evil to do it well. The prince and the judge ask for a bribe. The great man utters the evil desire of his soul. Thus they weave it together. The best of them is like a briar. The most upright of them, a thorn hedge. Back to Romans and the Apostle Paul again. None is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good. Not even one. The Apostle John says in 1 John, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we say we have not sinned, we make God out to be a liar and his word is not in us. Mark says, out of the heart of man comes evil. Actually, this is Jesus as being reported by Mark. Comes evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, evil, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile a person. That's Jesus, by the way. No big kumbaya song being sung in the background there, is there? The psalmist again, for there is no truth in their mouth. Their inmost self is destruction. Jeremiah, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Titus says this, the book of Titus, Paul writing to Titus, nothing is pure, but both their minds and their consciences are defiled. Ecclesiastes again, the heart of the children of man are full of evil and madness in their hearts. 
Romans again. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to debased minds. Paul to the Ephesians, they are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of their hearts. Jeremiah, among all the wise ones of the nations, they are both stupid and foolish. Every man is stupid and without knowledge. Matthew, Jesus again, for out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, and slander. Sounds very familiar to what Mark told us, Jesus said, right? Corroborating witnesses, perhaps? Moses, in the book of Genesis, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually from his youth. Proverbs, the heart of the wicked is of little worth. Proverbs, again, whoever trusts in his own heart is a fool. Hmm. Maybe that's the take-home for Raphael Warnock. Trusting in your own heart, your own good works, just helping others, we can save ourselves. Whoever trusts in his own heart is a fool. I'll go with Solomon's wisdom any day over Raphael Warnock's. The book of John, the gospel of John. Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. Peter says in his second epistle, They themselves are slaves of corruption, for whatever overcomes a person, to that he is enslaved. Back to Paul in the book of Titus. For we ourselves were once slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. Sounds like he's referring to today's headlines, doesn't it? But now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, Paul says to the Galatians, how can you turn back to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world whose slaves you want to be once more? I could go on and on, folks. Paul tells us that God gave us up to the lusts of our hearts, the impurity, to dishonoring our bodies among ourselves because we exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator. The soul of the wicked desires evil. Proverbs. And this is the judgment, that light has come into the world, and people love darkness rather than light because their works were evil. The Apostle John. Jesus says in that same gospel of John, you are of your father, the devil, and you, excuse me, and your will is to do your father's desires. Can can men change themselves just by being good? Jeremiah says, can the Ethiopian change his skin or the leopard his spots? Then also, you can do good who are unaccustomed and do evil. In other words, no, the leopard can't change his spots. 
Samuel says, as the proverb of the ancients says, out of the wicked comes wickedness. Matthew, a healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Again, Matthew, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Again, when I'm quoting these passages out of Matthew, this is Jesus speaking. Back to Romans. For the mind is set on the flesh, and it is hostile to God. Genesis, Moses, the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only on evil continually. I doubled down on that. I wanted you to hear it again. From Genesis to Revelation, we're told that we are broken and that we are sinful. We are told that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We are also told but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We're told that if you call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We are told that we are, are to die with him in baptism and that we are to rise again with him through that symbol of baptism. We go into the water as if we go into the grave and we die to self. And then we rise again out of the water being cleansed and renewed and revived and born again through faith in Jesus Christ, the atonement for our sins, the sacrifice for the evil that is in every human heart. G.K. Chesterton told us that there's no more provable fact of all of Christian theology than the original sin, than the fact that all men are broken and evil. He said, if you want proof, just pick up the daily newspaper. Read the headlines. Listen to a radio show. Turn on your TV. Open up your laptop. Just read the daily news, and if you continue to dispute the original sin, the brokenness of men, all of these Bible verses that describe you and me and Raphael Warnock as evil, broken, sinners in need of redemption, that we are totally incapable of saving ourselves and that the only thing that can save us is what we're told in 2 Corinthians. And that is, behold, those who are in Christ are a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. That's the only solution, not to save ourselves, but to die to self and to accept the forgiveness and the direction of Jesus Christ, our Savior. That's the transcendent truth of Easter, Reverend Warnock. You can't save yourself. Nobody can. Only Jesus can save us from our sin. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. And again, a belated Happy Easter 